Bridgewater lets it fly, complete to Samuel. Deep ball, got a man downfield. Curtis Samuel has been a thorn in Washington's side on the ground and through the air. What is up and welcome back to the HTWR podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Jane. And um Freddie Ham. Freddie. Yes. We're back again. We've been saying that every episode. Like now we're back to like a pretty regular yeah, schedule. We're, we're like, we're back. back. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Get used to us. Get used to us a little bit. I think it's because we took the break. Yeah. It's because we took the break and then we was kind of gone and then and then lately, I mean, you know, we've had a lot to we've had a lot to talk about because free agency and all this. It's been cool. You know, finally we have some interesting stuff to talk about. Actually worth our time. It's not regurgitating talking about stuff that's not even news. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I thought we would change it up a little bit this week, Maddie Jane. Um you know, we've got free agency, and we can sit here and we can talk at nauseum back and forth about how we feel about the free agency signings and all that stuff. But we do that already. Yes. Right? Like, we, we do that um, amongst ourselves, right? Yeah. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we went ahead and got somebody who has a really, really prominent voice in the Washington football team community amongst podcasters, content creators? Heck of a good guy. Fantastic voice wonderful and amazing takes on players coaches all kinds of stuff just everything that you would want in a guest on your podcast and it's got his own podcast it's sort of like the big dog you know is kind of how i look at it right uh-huh. it's like the father and like we're all the children i see where you're going with this the father i haven't heard you gush like this since the last time i heard you talk about cam curl so <laughs> This guy must be the real deal, I think, and I think I know where you're going. Let's bring on the podfather himself, Kyle Roenick. Kyle. What's going on? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be able to talk Washington football with uh, with the famous H2BR podcast and one of my favorites. The Podfather, Kyle Roenick, the leader of the Burgundy Zone, the very best Washington football podcast. Award-winning, might we add. Anyone saw saw the uh, the picture that a handsome-looking trophy came in there? Wow, that's a tremendous-looking trophy. Yeah, and I actually was not expecting that at all. I wasn't like I wasn't thinking anything was coming. But you know, it's cool to. It's more about the thought process all behind it. It's really cool that the team, you know, kind of gave an incentive for everybody. Like nobody was expecting it. You know, like we, just like our pod with yours, like we were just doing it for the love of the Washington football team. Like we didn't think that there was any benefits from it um it wasn't until what like january they said this was happening everyone's like what this is crazy so it, it was really cool by them and obviously 
just to be in the discussion with you guys, the issue we are, with the DC Tweet team and the Big Douglas show, you know, it, it really means a lot because I felt like we developed friendships along the way. And as much as everyone likes to make it a competition, it really wasn't. We were just having a good time, enjoying a great season and doing things that we didn't expect that we would be able to do. It's been amazing. And shout out to Big Doug and shout out to Andy Burroughs. You like to call him the bridge. Oi. Oi. Washington's had themselves a pretty decent free agency period, I think. How are you feeling so far about about what's happening in free agency? Um, I'm, I'm really digging what they did, you know, and, and the great thing about it is like they have a plan in place and you can tell that they have a plan and, and it's not just one, it's multiple. Uh, for example, you know, they went after Matt Stafford hard, but they also knew that they didn't want to mortgage your future with offering more than a first and a third. So they said, OK, now let's go to plan B. And you saw immediately after they re-signed Heineke and I said then, look, I don't think that they're, they are going to be trading up in the draft. I really don't believe so. If we're going to expect anything, expect a vet quarterback to come in here and compete for the starting job with Taylor Heineke. But I really love the Ryan Fitzpatrick move. It, I think it helps the offense out. And I don't think it's like geared to beating defenses. I think it's geared to bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick in so we can compete with other offenses. And we saw that in the Tampa Bay game where the offense was able to keep up and the defense was giving up points, but the offense was able to keep up. It was a close game. You know, in next season, when you're talking about the, this defense being able to really stifle some offenses, our offense now with Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke at the helm is really going to be able to put up points and actually put us in a good position to win some football games. It's going to be exciting. That's for sure. I think we talked about it a little bit. Like, I feel like they're both the go for broke types, the types that are going to give their guys chances. I mean, Fitzpatrick obviously has already talked about it. He says, players I play with love me because I give them a chance. So you're all about the Ryan Fitzpatrick move. Because at first, I was, uh, I was not feeling it too much. And Freddie was like over the moon excited about the move, as you know. Well, there was some foreshadowing before the signing actually happened, I think. And our our, our guy, uh, Corey Sanchez, shout out to Corey on the Warpath YouTube. Great stuff. Sanchez. He said, quote, that I put that evil. I put that evil because I, I championed Fitzpatrick and I was looking for literally exactly the scenario that played out is the scenario that I envisioned, but needless to say, lots of people weren't on board with, with my vision, but uh, all I got to say now is suck it. Yeah, dude, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and it's crazy because Ken Zampese, the quarterback coach here, actually coached Ryan Fitzpatrick back in 08 and 09. And I think, like, it's funny because I made a joke on Thursday on the pod that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is like a, a poor man, Brett Favre where, you know, he's just going to throw the ball up. He's got a big arm. I know he's 38, but I was watching his film yesterday of this past season, and he can still throw the ball, dude. And he can throw it to the sideline on a dart. He's very accurate on the run. He makes things happen with his legs. You know, it's not like he's running out of the pocket and trying to get as much yards as possible. When he's escaping the pocket, he's looking to throw downfield. And it's crazy because he can still throw on the run. It's not like he has to set his body and put everything into it. I saw him make a throw yesterday where he steps up in the pocket and off one leg, is able to throw it cross field and get it in stride to Jusecki, who got it for like a 40-yard gain. It was absolutely beautiful. And I think this really helps them. 
You know, last year they were struggled to run the football because nobody was respecting the long game. And when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick at the home, added with Curtis Samuel, the latest move, um, it's really going to push the ball downfield vertically. Um, as much as nobody wants to give the credit to Curtis Samuel with that aspect, I, I do think that he can be a vertical kind of wide receiver, and that's what he's going to bring. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is like literally the opposite of Alex Smith. You know, everyone likes to call him the check down Charlie. You know, but it, it's smart for a guy like Alex Smith to do that. But at the same time, Ryan Fitzpatrick does that as well. He checks it down. He has this stop watching his head, the one, two, three. If it's not open, hit your check down. He does it all the time, but he also pushes the ball downfield. And I think I really, really like the move. It's also great because he can also throw a dime with his head completely turned around on the opposite side of his body, which I think is also pretty impressive and will be forever one of my favorite plays of his. I really do feel like these past few years, even though he is older, he's been playing like his best football by far. So I do think, if anything, I think we're getting him at a really good time just as far as how he's been playing. But you brought it up. You mentioned it. We already got Terry. Terry's going to get his. But Curtis Samuel is also going to get his. How are you feeling about Samuel? I mean, we just saw, we it just happened. Galladay just got signed to the Giants for, what, 18 mil a year? So we're kind of seeing, too, now everything's kind of falling into place, seeing what everybody else gets. Like, how do you feel about this move in general? And then, like, also with what else was out there? Like, do you feel like they made the right move here to get Curtis Samuel? Uh, absolutely, I do. He's only 25 years old. They got him for $11.5 per, where Kenny Galladay, I think, is 28 and gotten paid 18 million per by the Giants and this is a perfect fit you're you got a guy that got Turner and Ron Rivera know they brought him into the league somebody that Terry McLaurin knows really well and he fits their system because when you watch this offense from last year I said it many many times the offseason last year watching Scott Turner's film is that he likes to do a lot of pre-snap motions a lot of moving guys all over the field because it takes the defense's eyes off the quarterback and the other assets around and Curtis Samuel can line up literally anywhere. We saw that in the game against us, uh, against Carolina, where he lined up as a running back, took a handoff, and made Darby look really bad uh, by putting him onto his back and then ran for a 30-yard gain. And that's the kind of versatility that he brings for you. And when you have an interchangeable piece like that, you can do a lot offensively. And somebody like Logan Thomas is going to really benefit from that in the middle of the field, that big, tall target with Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke throwing the football. Uh, it it's pays big dividends. And the fact that he is as young as he is, he stays healthy. Now, last season, he had 77 receptions, 851 yards, uh, three touchdowns, and only four drops on 97 targets. So you have to like only one drop more than he had a touchdown uh, than touchdowns. That's incredible uh, for somebody like that. And that's the kind of stat that I absolutely love because, you know, I know you guys are huge fans of a guy like Steven Sims, who times would drop the football and inopportune yeah. times. <laughs> who, who told you? Oh well, oh, well, that's I think he's that's the sarcasm coming out. We all okay. I, I I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I did. Freddie woke who, up. He was, was asleep. Like, but he woke up on that one. He's like, Who's, who? <laughs> who said what? <laughs> like, yo, who? Who? I want to know who? Who told you? Yeah, I just heard that I was a fan of Steven Sims. We gotta cut the cameras. Who told you? As soon as I said Steven yeah. Sims, I knew he woke right up. <laughs> yeah, we got two dudes with four three speed now. That doesn't even take into account of Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. You know, and that's the crazy part about it is Antonio Gibson is returning this year, and at the end of the year, he looked a lot better as a runner. 
you know, because in, in college he was primarily used as a receiver. And I know that everyone was talking about pre before the season started that, oh, look for Antonio Gibson to be used more as a receiver than a running back. Well, that was disproven early on. He was used heavily as a running back, and he progressed a lot, especially in his vision and his patience. Uh, he is going to be really good this year. I know that he bulked up last year, and he said that he's looking to lose some weight. And so maybe he's going to gain some of that speed back a little bit. But when I did my film breakdown of him, guys, I, I said that he was a, a semi-truck that could launch into space. You know, it's crazy. He could run people over, but then as soon as he's running people over, he can escape and run downfield in a flash. And not that many people have that kind of uh, athleticism. And it's crazy to see that we have Terry McLaurin, who played on two high ankle sprains last year, which is absolutely crazy to me. And he played well. Just blows my mind, dude. I, I really hope that we can give this man a deal as soon as we possibly can. And I've said it so many yes. times I wanted him to sign up, get him to an extension this year, but we have to wait a year, unfortunately. Terry needs to have a lifetime contract. Agreed. I'm, I'm down with that. Give him whatever he wants. He can have it all. Even if I have to put something in the in the pot, I'm more than willing to do that. Like, if he wants my ankles, whatever, Terry, whatever you need, I got you. I feel like nobody's going to have any idea what's going on at any time. They're going to be able to have so many different looks, so many different packages. Like, I feel like this offense is going to be different this year because I really do feel like they could literally line up anybody anywhere and none of us are going to have any idea what's going on and neither is that opposing defense like I feel like this this offense is going to like take it to a whole new level this year or I hope so at least I think the possibilities are there Curtis Samuel used to play running back well exactly so it's like kind of like Antonio and Curtis are are weapons in different ways right. where you know yeah Antonio is going to be more of a running back Curtis more of a, a receiver but they can go I don't know it's just like I just love that. You know, it's not going to be predictable. And that's just, that's fun. And that's good, right? Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want out of an offense, you know, because for defenses, what they're trying to do is they're trying to be able to predict on what you're trying to do. Like, you know, look back, Luke Keekley for the Panthers. How many times a quarterback say when they lined up and they would have a call come out pre-snap, Luke Keekley would call it out right what they were doing and say, yeah, that this is what they're doing. That And so when you, you're absolutely right. When you bring in a Curtis Samuel into the mix with all these pre-snap motions, the defense has to keep their eyes on them at all times. And that's pays dividends for Logan Thomas, pays dividends for Terry McLaurin. It's really going to be explosive, especially with having Ryan Fitzpatrick here and Taylor Heineke. I'll tell you, when I watched the game, the playoff game today, I was so impressed, even more so with Taylor Heineke. Like seeing him escape out of the pocket and make plays out of nowhere, throwing on the run, having pressure in his face and throwing dimes to the sideline. I'm really happy that they gave him a contract. I know it's not a guaranteed contract. He's going to be... But the kid, I think, really did deserve a, a chance to start this upcoming season. I, the way that he played just showed balls to the wall, no care whatsoever, was just willing to get the ball downfield and give his playmakers a chance. And that's exactly what he did. I was so impressed by it. And I think I said it on Thursday. I, I would like to see them draft somebody in the draft, a quarterback. Um, I'm not saying they're going to trade up, but hopefully they're patient with it because, like, if you could have three tiers of quarterbacks, the old vet and Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
the mid-tier kind of younger vets in Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, and then you draft the grooming guy. Kellen Mond. You have three tiers there of different age groups of quarterbacks, and you're kind of gearing yourself up in that quarterback room, and I would absolutely love that aspect from them. I think that would really pay huge dividends. Kellen Mond. That's my dude, bro. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. It's been an interesting free agency, uh, as Maddie Jane said, and what's really cool is everything that I, just me, myself personally, have wanted to happen has really happened. We got the QB that I wanted. We got the wide receiver that I wanted. I kind of knew even before free agency started that Darby probably wasn't going to be back. And then we go out, we get William Jackson third. It's like, what? I was very surprised because, you know, I was talking on the pod saying, you know, they're, this defensive staff, they understand that this defensive front makes it easier for corners. And I said, remember, look back at Carolina when they rescinded the franchise tag from Norman. They said, okay, we're not going to pay you that much money. We're going to go younger at the position, drafted a cornerback in the first round. And the guy that I was eyeing was J.C. Horn out of South Carolina because he was like a lockdown, man-to-man, long-armed corner that you could plug in on day one there on the left side, and he could really strap up some wide receivers. And later that night, they go and they sign William Jackson for 14 mil per Four million more than uh, Darby's getting for Denver. But this guy, is he's exactly what I was expecting out of J.C. Horn. And he's a vet. He's had a lot of success against Kenny Galladay. And he played in a pretty good uh, division with some very good wide receivers. I mean, look at Pittsburgh. They seem to come out with new wide receivers every single year that seem to be all-stars and superstars. And William Jackson's used to it. So going against Dallas uh, with their wide receiving core and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, and T.D. Lamb, William Jackson's not going to be worried about that. And he's, he's seen that kind of talent before. And so uh, I said, it, I, I really do believe that Ron Rivera is trying to build the best defense in the NFL right now. And, it, and it's looking that way. I can't wait to see the step they take. I don't even know. It's like, how how do you take an even greater step this year than you had last year when it was such a good year? But also, hopefully thinking that, okay, the weapons on offense, hopefully they won't have to stay out on the field as long. Because they still, you know, defense was out there all the time last year, like usual. I mean, I'm trying not to, like, get my hopes too much up. Because I always get so, so excited that I'm, like... Trying to temper expectations here. <laughs> but I will say, since since we're talking about the defense, right? I think, like, a lot of people, I would have thought, like, if they were going to make one, maybe, splash defensive signing. Like, I was thinking it was going to be a linebacker, right? Like, instead of... I'm pumped for Jackson. Like, I'm excited. That's an upgrade. Like, how can you not be excited? But now I'm just wondering, what do you think, Kyle? Like, what is linebacker going to look like at the beginning of the season? Like, if you had to take a guess on what Ron and company are going to do. I think it's probably going to be one of those linebackers in the higher rounds. I know that there's plenty of them in the draft. But the issue for me is it's fit. Because I know that there were a lot of linebackers available in free agency. And I think that they had one name circled. And that was Levante David out of Tampa. But he signed to Tampa for like $2.5 per, took a hometown discount they didn't have a chance he wanted to go back and win another have another chance at a title with his team and a lot of credit to him but you know you can't just go sign a linebacker because you want to just because you need one you need to have one that comes in and he fits your scheme and from what i've seen i really i think if i've done a lot of mocks and recently this past week all of a sudden mike micah parsons has been falling and every mock draft i've been doing it's really it's really weird because originally it wasn't happening. His character concerns have been here since last year. But all of a sudden now he's falling back into into the mock drafts. And so it's making me think that if Michael Parsons is there at 19, you pull the trigger. If not, 
you're going to have to have a decision there. Is there going to be a team that wants to move up? And like Jacksonville, like let's say Darisol is available. I know everyone wants Darisol. I get it. But if Jacksonville wants to get their left tackle for the future for Trevor Lawrence, I know Cam Robinson is there, but he he graded out very poorly last year. There, There's a good chance that they're going to want to go get him. And so I would love to trade back with them and then take Zayvon Collins there at 25. Um, I know that Nick Bolton is another guy. He's a thumper, but I feel like he fits more as like a 3-4 linebacker. Uh, like I could see him playing next to Devin Bush in Pittsburgh or something like that. Um, and so each of these guys, you know, they have their own fit. And I know a lot of people talk about Baron Browning from Ohio State. I see him as more of a 3-4 linebacker. But Pete Warner is another linebacker from Ohio State. And I thought that he was the best one of that group. And all three of their linebackers are getting drafted this year. And he fits as a 4-3 linebacker. I feel like he's a Jack Del Rio guy. He covers really well. He's fast. He's a hard hitter. He blitzes his ass off. And he makes clutch plays. So I, I think the draft is really going to be where they get their starting linebacker. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I watched the game from the playoff game against the Bucks. I know people are going to disagree with me, but the linebacking core was the reason why they were able to run the ball so per- easily on us and why that game got out of hand. And it, it sucks because I know everyone likes to harp on Chase Young not having a great game. But when an offense is able to go play action and it's worrisome because of how well they run the ball, it's going to stifle your pass rush. You're going to ease up a little bit because you think they're running the ball. And that, that's what happened. And so the linebacker core needs to be upgraded in that aspect. And you're absolutely right, Freddie. Zayvon Collins fits that bill because he's a big body. And I think he played it like 260 this year. And he said that he can get down in weight, making him more fast. And, and so if that's the case, I feel like he's a perfect kind of guy for that Tampa 2, Brian Erlacher kind of fit that can be in the middle of the field, ball hawk, deep downfield in between safeties. I feel like that'd be a perfect fit for them. He's a big body. He's not going to get pushed out of the way very much, but he can also make plays in the passing game. So if I had to bet money on it, I think that linebacker of the future that's going to be starting week one is in that draft in the first round. You know, they've made moves this offseason, and the one position that they haven't really harped on very much is that linebacker position. And it's crazy because, you know, when you guys had Jack Del Rio on, you asked him about the linebacker position. He said, speed, speed, speed. Yeah. And that's what he was looking for. And, and it's crazy that they haven't made that move yet. And I think it's because they had their eye on somebody. Ron is that guy who he doesn't really show his cards at all. But he really made no bones about telling everybody, hey, this defense needs its middle linebacker. And he laid out exactly the type of linebacker that he wants and I think he also has in his mind, he knows we've got some young cornerstones here, both on offense and on defense, and he wants to be able to get a guy who can get in here, who we can continue to build around, and how do you do that? Well, you get a young player you can mold in your image who's also on a rookie contract. You're absolutely right about that. Dustin Hopkins. Listen, it's okay, Freddie. Don't, it's okay. It's not okay. okay. It is never okay. It's not okay. The fact is that he does a pretty good job, and it's... That's my issue, though. My issue with Dustin Hopkins is Dustin Hopkins, at his very, very best, is still only just pretty good that's my problem yeah but how many elite kickers are you seeing out here right now like so hey that's a good point look at all the teams struggling to find a guy that can give them any type of consistency at all hey i i understand i understand and if we're playing well and we're scoring points then we don't have to depend on our kicker to make all of these damn field goals there you go but i can point you to some games that we lost that i put on hopkins yeah fair enough i'm sorry that i had to bring in the negativity so we can bring the positive back in right let's talk about the greatest 
greatest thing, the greatest thing in the world, family, and wanted to take an opportunity to officially tell tell you this, Kyle, so that all of our listeners could hear. Uh, I know we've told you privately, and it's been a little while, but want to say from Maddie Jane and myself, congratulations on being a father. You really are a pod father. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. it it's been a roller coaster. Um, Ever since he's coming to, like, it's crazy. His due date was on the 11th, and my wife, like, we, I wanted to celebrate winning the, uh, winning the fan podcast award, and I was like, all right, let's Friday night, let's, we're gonna go out drinking. She's like, no, Kyle, like, you, there's a possibility I could have the kid. I can't have you drunk going into the hospital. And I was like, dude, he's not gonna come. He's not gonna come. And so I was like, all right, fine, I won't drink. Literally that Friday night at two in the morning, Saturday morning, uh, her water broke. <laughs> so it's a good thing that I didn't go out drinking. Mom is always right. It's so true. And I kept saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. Of course she was right. <laughs> and she's a warrior, though, man. I mean, I cannot, I couldn't imagine going through that, dude. That that whole process, I, whew, sure. that was too much for me. Props to Katie Roenick. Oh. There it goes. We did it. Kyle, you want to do it? Hit it. Props? You know who the best is. Sweet. There we go. So props this week. Does that make Katie the, the pod mother? Yeah, yes, it does, I would All imagine. Right. All right. Who you got, Kyle? Who you got for props? Uh, for props, I'm going to have to go with Ron Rivera. Dude, to be perfectly honest with you, with what he's done this all season thus far, he's been patient. They haven't been too desperate. He's said it many, many times. We're not going to be desperate in this aspect. We're not going to willingly give up our future just to go get a quarterback because we think we're close. We still have pieces to build here. I give props to Ron Rivera sticking to his guns uh, and doing it the right way, going to get his guy and Ryan Fitzpatrick because everyone talks about in the locker room how great of a guy he is, and that's the perfect kind of player you want to bring into the situation. Um, the complete opposite of Haskins, to be perfectly honest with you. And he gets a, a somebody that could come in right away be a mentor to these young guys, especially Taylor Heineke. I think they mirror their games very similarly. And so uh, credit and props to Ron Rivera for doing his thing, for sticking to his guns and continuing to make these great free agent acquisitions when everyone is yelling at him to do more. I called him Santa the other night because it seemed like, you know, he waits for everyone to go to sleep before dropping presents into our lap. They've been good presents too. Definitely not disappointed. It's the players you didn't know you wanted so bad. Right. <laughs> right. Freddie, is it okay if I if I go next? You're really you're asking me for permission on your own show? Listen, I'm just asking because I didn't know if you sometimes you get really excited and you wanna like so I wanted to just make sure. I just wanna take this opportunity. Anyone who's uh who's new to the podcast this is Maddie's show. Oh my gosh, no. This is Maddie's world. We're just living in it. That's true. not the case. I'll go ahead and go so Freddie will stop talking about this, okay? I have a little bit of send-off props, okay? I want to uh, give props to Ronald Darby, okay? Honestly, I know, Freddie, you said earlier you had just this feeling that he was going to be gone, right? Well, I actually didn't. I assumed, okay, we're just re-signing Darby, keeping up with what we've got, whatever, whatever. Uh, so I was I was a little bit surprised to see him go, but you know what? He had such a great year for us. You know, when we signed him, right? Everybody's like, uh, he's not that great. He gets injured all the time. He's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear really like all these shining things about Ronald Darby, right? But he came in very quietly a lot of times, had a really, really, really solid season, as we can see, because he got 10 million a year from the Broncos. And so just want to say, you know, Ronald, thank you for the great year you had with us. Hoping for the best for him in Denver. 
And so I just want to give props to my guy, Ronald Darby. You will be missed, but uh, glad for the stuff that, the, the play that you brought here for that one great year. Yeah, and that's a great one, too, because everyone was, like, you know, downplaying that signing, saying, you know, he was bad for Philly. Uh, he wasn't good since Buffalo. And, and I always say corners go to Philly to die, uh, unfortunately. You know, we're seeing that with Darius Slay a little bit. But for him to be able to come out and play the way he did, a lot of credit to him because he, he was one of the best cornerbacks in the league by far last year. And uh, he earned himself a payday. Happy for him. And we get that compensatory pick. Yeah. A lot of people That's need it. to keep that in mind what? too. So I mean, Rivera knows what he's doing. He does. All right. So can I can I end this? Put a big bow on it. You can do whatever you want, Freddie. It's your world. We're living in it. With Maddie Jane's permission, it is my world. So, final props this week, and I got to give it to the ten-year veteran of the Washington Football Team. He has been a mainstay. He's been a guy whose name you don't hear at a position whose name you never want to hear. Because if you hear the long snapper's name, that means that the long snapper messed up. And we never heard Nick Sunberg's name. You know why? Because he was just a model of consistency. But more than that, off the field, just a fantastic human being with all the work that he's done with the, the loads of love and being a person in the community um, that really, really embraced the town that he was in, really embraced fans, just such a down-to-earth, real guy. Gotta give props to uh, Sunberg. I was really caught off guard, as I think a lot of people were, that the team was moving on from him. As I kind of thought about it more, I'm not shocked by the move. He's 33 years old, and he's starting to have some injury problems. So I understand, and football is a business, but it's going to be odd Sunberg not being our long snapper. And it's interesting, we have had really, really good uh, consistency at that position. It's kind of funny, because we talk about the left tackle thing, right? How we went from Chris Samuels to Trent Williams, right? And we went from Ethan Albright to Nick Sunberg. Didn't miss a beat. So I'm just hoping that the next guy that comes in will be able to live up to the standard that these guys have set. Yeah, and I heard somebody say on Facebook, um, it was a group, I thought they made a great point. We signed Taylor Lawson um, from Carolina. Uh, He didn't get much playing time there, but they said that that could possibly be the long snapper. And he's actually like an offensive lineman, which would make a lot of sense. I knew Nick Sunberg was like bigger, a bigger guy, but he wasn't like offensive lineman size. And so it would make a lot of sense that they go and get somebody for like vet minimum. Because uh, I think Nick Sunberg was like one of the highest paid long snappers in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So Kyle, Podfather, tell our listeners, man. So what Burgundy Zone got in store for us, man? We'll be back on Tuesday or Thursday. Um, I think we're going to be talking with Ryan Fowler uh, here from the Draft Network here soon. I think on Thursday we're having him on. And so we'll be able to get a really good opinion on the draft. He's been very, very busy. Um, we should be having Adam Carricker coming on probably around draft time. Uh, so we're going to be able to talk to a former Washington player and defensive lineman and kind of get in his mindset on what needs to happen with Washington. And so uh, make sure you guys check us out. You know, you can find us everywhere. We're on Facebook, YouTube, um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Pods. We're all over the place. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming back on with us. It's been uh 
far too long, man. Um, and I know it's just been it's been crazy with uh, with your podcast, with everything that uh, that you're doing over there, along with uh, with Hall and Reed. Uh, both of those guys are fantastic, by the way. And then obviously everything that, that we've had going on. It, it's great that we've finally been able to get back together. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> We're going to have you guys back before the draft for sure. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Any time, man. I'm always down to... We're always down to chop it up and talk ball. And again, congratulations to you and your you and your wife uh, on bringing another life into the world. Uh, and I know that uh, you're raising that kid right. I'm trying my best. In the dude, burgundy and really gold, right? It. And I wanted to thank you guys for sending those flowers uh, when my wife's grandmother passed away. That was... That was awesome. The timing couldn't have been more perfect. We had just like cleaned out her apartment, um, came home to find the flowers. And so it was perfect timing. You guys are amazing for doing that. Um, I can't thank you guys enough because you guys are just phenomenal people. Thank you so much, Kyle. Hey, we love you, man. Love you too, brother. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Maddie Jane. Freddie. How can you not love a guy like Kyle? Kyle's great. He's a great guy. And he loves us back. It's always nice to be loved back, you know? Yeah, it's wonderful when it's reciprocated, right? Right, yeah. When it's not, it can be a little awkward. A little bit. Enough about our personal lives, though. <laughs> 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 uh, this was a fun one. It was a fun yeah. one. So, I mean, hopefully, like, I kind of think that, uh, you know, the, the big, big signing sort of happened and it's going to kind of chill out and then we'll be back into more like draft talk and, and that's kind of where it's going to ramp up. But, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, if um, if jumps off, <laughs> we'll be back at you. We'll we'll put out one of our nifty bonus pods. There we go. <laughs> Otherwise, hey, we'll be coming back at you soon and um, got some cool guests lined up for the schedule. We've had a little bit of a log jam as far as guests, so we're finally getting around to getting everybody on and we'll get some some voices that uh, some voices you're used to hearing and maybe some voices that you hadn't heard before. But just keep it tuned right here at HT We Are. And um, like I said, it's going to be some cool stuff, some fun stuff, and we'll be back at you real, real soon. And hey, Till next time, we all hail together. It's what we do, it's who we are. HT, we are. Peace. The Washington Wankers. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's better than uh, the Red Wolves, where the hell is being talked about, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think, I think you're right. I've well, said it for a while. That, number one football team in National Football League. I think it's coming a lot well, sooner than people the league, think. Aren't they? Yeah, the wankers. I hope so, because I'm. I'm honestly, I think it's cool. Washington Journey. What if that's our name and they just have it and they're like, we're going to be the journey. We're the Washington we're the Journey. Washington We've been saying journey. it the whole time. What y'all think? Gonna, no. <laughs> opening day, we're going to have Steve Perry out there singing don't stop <laughs> hey at this point i'm about like as cool as i think it is that they like again we've talked about it i mean the fact that they really have made us part of that conversation part of you know that process that journey you know whatever like that's really dope but i am very excited to like i'm ready for the end to this you know like i'm ready to have an end to this because my body is ready <laughs> <laughs>